If you want to hear something new, but you don't know how to choose it, come and join Andy and Chris on Adventures in New Music. Two new records every week, a playlist of our favorite songs. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And adventuresinyoumusic.com So check out our Woolly Analysis Which occasionally gets boozy Get on board and come along On Adventures in New Music Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Adventures in New Music The podcast where we talk about two new records each week and all other stuff that we've been listening to. Uh, my name is Andy. Uh, my name is Chris, and this is Adventures in New Music, the podcast. You just said that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a bit rusty. Happy New Year, yeah. mate. Happy New Flipping Happy New Year. <laughs> it's end of April. <laughs> yeah, apologies if, if you're if you're a regularist or you were a regular listener and have been have been, you know, hoping that we might come out with something a bit sooner. Uh, new babies, new jobs. Births, deaths, yeah. marriages, all <laughs> yeah, of it. It's been, it's been a, it's been a quite a hectic uh, few months, hasn't it? So unfortunately, we have been a little bit tardy getting the, um, getting this first episode out. Mm. However, it's great to be back, and we are back. This is series three. We've got a great episode for you. We're kicking off with a couple of cracking albums. Andy, what's the album you've chosen us this week? I've chosen "Heavy Steps" by Canadian hardcore metalers, uh, Comeback Kid. And what have you chose? And my choice was The Overload by Yard Act. So we're going to be chatting about those in a little while. But before we do, um, should we just catch up musically? I mean, it, it, we're going to be here all night if we're trying to catch up <laughs> from last time we chatted yeah. because it was before Christmas and um, we've just gone through Easter. So quite a lot to catch up on. <laughs> we have, I think, uh, a couple of a couple of sad things before we get you know too far into it. Uh, a couple of really... Big rock and roll deaths that have happened this year. Mark Lanigan of Screaming Trees and, uh, you know, Queens of the Stone Age and his massive solo career passed away back in February, I think it was. And, of course, Taylor Hawkins in March, the Mm. drummer from the Foo Fighters. Both got me quite hard. Me too. Pretty sad about about them. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really sad. I mean, the, the... The Taylor Hawkins one in particular for me, you know, sort of like that being a drummer, I've always found him quite an inspiration. He's... I've always enjoyed Taylor Hawkins playing ever since he played with Alanis Morissette. Like I first mm. became aware of him with his, with Alanis Morissette. He was in the live band. Um, and he's, there's, there's still a performance of You Ought to Know of them playing on the Letterman show, which is like my go-to for pupils of this is how you should perform. When you're, you know, when you're playing rock music, this is how you should perform. It's just, um, it's incredible. I'll, I'll, I'll stick a link to that in the show notes. It's, it really is something else. Mm. Um, so yeah, very, very sad. Very sad news about both of them. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, you know, a couple of heroes there, but maybe we should move on to happier things more quickly, more quickly. Yeah. But, yeah. Let's do that. Let's there. do that. Well, first of all, what a heck of a year. What a heck of a start to the year. It's normally, you know, in the past, the, the, the years starts off quite slowly, doesn't it? But <laughs> this year, just we just had big hitters straight away releasing albums. Um, one of which I'll talk about in a little more detail um, a bit further on, but there's just been so many albums being released and, and artists dropping. It's almost like, you know, we're, we're hopefully getting, 
through the uh, the back end of this pandemic and it, it's like people are just ready to go again ready to release albums yeah, we've totally. seen a lot of bands like real quick fire releasing uh, quite a few records um you know year on year um and i just think the standard at the start of this year has been absolutely fantastic i'll, I'll give you a couple that have really stood out for me mm. um Capri Suns by FKA Twigs, one of the first releases this uh, this year. Mm-hmm. You should just seen her go from strength to strength. And that kind of hit me at the right time. Very much feel like this is a nice companion piece to the last album we listened to last year, Prioritise Pleasure by mm-hmm. Self-Esteem. You know, same values, same themes running through it. Really feels like an important album. Really, really cool. Um, Pompeii by Kate LeBon, an artist who I've, I've quite admired for, for the last couple of albums. And again, just another artist who is going from strength to strength. This album is another step up from a previous album. Um, the name of the album has escaped me. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no so worry slightly. about it. This is the level of professionalism we can... Uh, uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, well worth checking out. Um, and another one that I'll just touch on is um, the latest album by Pine Grove, a, 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 a oh, band yeah. that I wasn't aware of until we started doing our adventures. And their album that came out at the start of the year, 1111, is really good. Really, really solid album. So that's worth checking out. Very decent. That's a decent haul to get us get us started. Right, I'll run in with a few then. I'll just run in if you if you visualise that. <laughs> just running in here with Placebo. I thought the new Placebo album, uh, which is called Never Let Me Go, I was quite looking forward to that at the start of the year because uh, I hadn't realised it'd been quite a long time, about eight years since they did anything. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Um, and um, and I ha- I've got to be honest, massive fan when they first started, dropped off a little after about the third album and, and I, mm. I kind of found them a bit easier to ignore. But this album's come back with a sort of earnestness and, you know, that sound that, I don't know, they sound really assured and really cool. The songs are great. Really rocking as well. It's a really quite a kind of heavy album. Um, Production's superb. It's really polished, isn't it? Mm. Really polished. Like there's a lot of synthy stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, and that that kind of reeks of that third album a bit more. You know, that it was a sort of punky first album. They were honing that a bit on the second, third album, kind of branching more into the synth stuff. And I just thought the whole the whole thing sounds really good, really cool altogether. Um, a band, uh, an artist that we both really like so much so that we've just bought tickets to go and see him at Soup or the Soup Kitchen in Manchester. Uh, Christian Lee Hudson, new album, mm. Quitters. Uh, more more of the same, really, following on from Beginners, produced by Phoebe Bridges a couple of years ago. This one's produced by Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridges, apparently. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I, I might have got that completely wrong. But they both feature on the album. You can hear them doing the backing vocals and stuff. They sound... Yeah. Uh, it's it's just great. It's just His way with words is just, apart from musically it being beautiful, his way with words just sticks out a mile... Above, yeah, it really does. It really does. What do, have you noticed? How the cover is very, very similar to the last album. Yes, and it's like what you do you know, think that's about? I don't know. It's, it's almost. <clears throat> it's like the the first one, beginners, was like almost like a little a circle with mm-hmm. people cycling round. This one's like um, a, a sort of almost a, a scene at dusk of like a swimming pool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like really dark, and it's like, is this following on? Is it? Are we well, telling? Is this I like parts like of the is. same day? Yeah, the writing's kind of similar. It sort of reminds me a little bit of Stranger Things, the way it's built yes. as like the, the title, Wh- and then the which is what we thing. said about beginners. We did, didn't we? And that, like, mm. Yeah, yeah. It's that got that sort of eighties font yeah. to it. Totally, and I think you must be riffing on a theme here. These people are beginners. Album two is for quitters. I don't know. Mm. It's like, don't know what he's getting at, but it's cool. 
Um, and then one more from me. A band that I hadn't heard of previously, the Reds, Pinks and Purples. I've just put them on with a view like, oh, I'll check this out. And ended up listening to the whole album. They, they could have been part of an episode uh, in, in, you know, a big featured album. But they got a summer, they got an album out called Summer at Land's End. It's kind of, it's kind of, uh, kind of like that twee uh, boys with the perpetual nervousness type mm. sound. What would you call that? It's not shoegaze. What is that? I don't know. Just nice. It's nice, kind of like jangly, of, just jangly pop in it, really. Pop. Yeah, that's the mm. type of thing. So it's a little bit like that. It's very melodic, very beautifully put together. And they've just released a single as well. So that album, Summer at Land's End, came out at the start of the, of the year. And they've just released a really, really excellent single called Life in the Void. Um, and that's well worth checking out. And just while we're on that, the boys with the perpetual nervousness have also got a new single out. Uh, have you heard it? No, I haven't. It's really, really good. It's called Open Up the Box and it's just come out and it's really worth checking out. Really good stuff from them. Nice. I certainly will do that. I will mm. do that. Um, do you want a few others from Go me? On, then. Hit me with a few more. So, Midlake, a band who I've quite enjoyed nice. in the past. They Their album has, has just come out. It's called For the Sake of Beth, Bethel Woods. Um, and it's really good. A proper solid 45-minute album all their albums seem to be 45 minutes they've had yeah, five albums out and it's like 44 45 they're all pretty much on on the head it's good again production wise i just like it you know yeah. you know i'm a sucker for for like a buzzy snare drum sound when <laughs> you know when you're hitting your toms and stuff and it just sounds like you are sat right slap bang in the middle of the room while they're playing which is is really cool the um the first record from british sea power now they've changed their name to just sea power mm. um has been released uh it's called Everything Was Forever um, by the artists cool. now going as Sea Power. And again, solid. It's just what you'd expect from them. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's a nice album. It's great. It's a great listen. Um, and my final one, Extreme Witchcraft by Eels, which I know that you've listened to as well. Yeah. So again, good. it follows on, I think. You know, it kind of goes. It, it's what you'd expect from Eels. I would say that I like it, don't love it. <laughs> well... To be fair, it's a very similar record to a lot of records. They hit their, stri- you know, they've hit their stride various times at Eels, and um, I think I think it's just a case of I don't want to be mean, but it's like they've got their formula. It's not formulaic, but they've got their sound. They nail it. They write new songs with that sound, and Bob's your uncle. Yeah, totally. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. If wrong if, with if it, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Type vibe in it. Yeah. Totally. I agree with yeah. that. Go on, hit us up, mate. Right, right, right. Right, three more from me then. Three more from me. Um, I'm going to hit you with a little vein of uh, country music here. Marion Morris has released a new album called Humble Quest. Her first album, Hero, was uh, and still is a massive staple in my house with tracks on it like My Church and 80s Mercedes. This album is more of the same. She had another album a couple of years ago called Girl. It's pop, it's country, it's it's kind of mixed with a bit of R&B, a bit of, dare I say, hip-hop sometimes. It's very, very cool, very fun. She's teamed up with John Mayer a bit recently, and you can tell that there's a bit more of a kind of bluesy influence going into some of the songs. Still pop, but really, really good. And another country singer called Caitlin Smith, who I've just found out has kind of written loads of songs for people before she's broken out and become a solo artist herself. Um, Caitlin Smith has released a new album called High. She's uh, she's a little bit under the radar, I think, is Caitlin Smith. Uh, not a lot of people know about her. She had an amazing album a few years ago called Starfire. Um, 
in this album high is is superb not a long album at all i think it's only eight or nine tracks so it really whistles by but it's just such good quality and she's got this she's got one of those voices that kind of goes up a gear and you can hear it going up a gear and just kind of like rasping out something like the big choruses and you're like oh yeah man it's really killer stuff um and oh, last last one i'll mention for this round of of favorite albums uh, an album called cult classic by a band called dog fashion disco now i just think that's a great title for an album anyway cult mm. classic um but dog fashion disco are a super weird metal band who i first got into around the turn of the century that sounds <laughs> sounds old but you know that makes you sound like you're a vampire <laughs> <laughs> but it's um yeah they are really really weird they sing really strange songs about you know kind of comedy-ish songs about really dark subjects um but they'll mix like really really raucous metal with sort of cartoony sounds and like xylophone playing and little bits of i don't know pop music very 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 strange but i hadn't heard from them in years and then just saw this album was out had a big listen awful awful cover on it but it's um it's a real real load of fun so highly recommend that as well and i think that's another three from me and i should hand the baton back to you superb well baton received um <laughs> let me give you my let me give you my three favorite albums of the year so far like i guess what you call the first quarter of the year um ants from up there black country new road this came out in february to quite an odd uh <laughs> odd set of circumstances really because um Four days before the album was released, Isaac Wood, the lead singer of the band, put a, a, released a joint statement with the band themselves to say that he'd left the band um, due to uh, mental health struggles, really. Um, the album is superb. Really, really good. Comes hot off the heels of For the First Time, which was one of my top five records of last year. And again just carries on but gets stronger maybe a little bit more mellow this album than the last one although there are definitely a couple of um, of, of heavier moments and sort of trademark uh, odd time saxophone um, sounds going on in there <laughs> very um, very interested to see what happens with the band now that the band have since said in interviews that they expect their next release not to take the form of a studio album or to be an album in quote unquote normal form but instead the hinting ideas such as working with an orchestra or perhaps writing a film score they've also announced a european tour for the summer with the intent of that european tour being road testing the new material um, but they have said out of respect for wood they would cease to perform any songs from their first two albums wow um, and that the door is always open for him so nice. interesting times for the band i think yeah, I mean, you know, it sounds like a recipe for disaster, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's see, yeah. You know, good way to well, alienate your fan base, um, you know, with all, with all due respect to all members of the band, past and present. Yeah, but uh, what a situation to be in, though, you know. 
Yeah. Still got to make a bit of coin, aren't they? That's the problem. Uh, so next <laughs> album for me, which was... Um, this came as a bit of a surprise. This was released on the 7th of January in an artist that I hadn't listened to a massive amount at all, apart from the odd radio hits. And this is uh, Dawn FM by The Weeknd. Oh, now, yeah. this was, again, one of these situations where you get an album sort of gets hinted at the day before almost by the artist and then, bosh, there it is on um, on your streaming platform. Um this is a, a, a fine, fine album. I really, really enjoy this album all the way through from start to finish. It follows on from um, After Hours, which was the album that Weekend released in lockdown of 2020. The Weekend described the album as being the After Hours of a Night, and then this one as being the Dawn Coming, um, hence Dawn FM. And he's promised a third to complete the series as well. So that'll be quite interesting to see how that goes. He's also released a 30-minute um, cinematic accompaniment of the album, which is available on um, Amazon Prime. Amazon, should we give Amazon a shout-out? Probably, probably struggling a bit, aren't they, Amazon? Yeah, go um, you know, send him <laughs> yeah. to space. Yeah. Um, and that's worth watching as well. That's almost like a sort of um, club performance, but it's done really cleverly, really, really good. Um, and yeah, just sort of cements the weekend as um, vying for being in the next Michael Jackson, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, I hope it didn't go that bad for him. <laughs> with his stadium pop sounds. Right, final one for me before I pass over to you. Um, Anais Mitchell's self-titled album, um, which weirdly enough is a seventh studio album. <laughs> It's interesting one to pick your seventh one as being the self-titled. Blur did that, didn't they? They did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. So this is the seventh studio album from Anais Mitchell, of course, who is part of Bonnie Light Horseman with Josh uh, Kaufman, who produces this album. Um, it's excellent. It's really good. It's it's everything you want from it. It showcases a gorgeous singing voice and a flawless folk songwriting. Um, the opener, Brooklyn Bridge, is a great place to start. Cracking song. This is a love letter to New York that Mitchell says she was only able to write once she left the city. Um, highly recommend that. It's a top album. Nice one. Um, I just remembered Pearl Jam also did that, and I think that might have been their seventh album. Anyway... That's a little fact which needs verifying for <laughs> fact that needs verifying fans. Um, right, a few more from me then. There's an album by uh, a band called Dream Widow. Uh, well, it's actually Dream Widow and the Foo Fighters, and the album is called Dream Widow. And it's it's like a kind of proggy black death metal album recorded as the soundtrack to the Studio 666 movie that the Foo Fighters have put together which is you know i'll go see that i think that looks fun i like them anyway um you know as a little nod to taylor hawkins the drumming on it is incredible so i would have a little check out of that dream widow and another album that i'd like to draw your attention to is wolf hours by minute taker who's a manchester based uh artist kind of Electro indie pop, eighties tinged sort of electro, and uh, it's it's a beautiful collection of you know quite ballady songs in a lot of ways, but uh, a really really fine fine set of songs. That's one of my favourite albums of the year, Wolf Hours by Minute Taker. Uh, so highly highly recommend that. Before we go in to talk about albums we may be looking forward to can i draw your attention to maybe just one or two absolute duds that have been <laughs> released 
Oh, yeah, please do. That feels really unfair. You know, I don't want to talk about Arcade Fire. No, it's all right. It's all right. They're fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so actually, uh, this isn't a dud per se, but I had to listen to Weezer's first album of four that they've released. Have you listened to that yet? I haven't, no. It's not bad. It's pretty weird. It sounds like, you know, there's a lot of songs about stuff like The Garden of Eden, and you're like, okay, really? this is nervous breakdown territory. Uh, not as rocking as a lot of their other stuff. Quite weird. But a genuine, genuine duff release comes from metal band Soil. Do you know them? No. They had a great track years ago. I don't know. Uh, 2002, maybe, called Halo on, on a really good record that came out around, around then. Uh, and a really cool band. I've been to see them. And... Um, They've just released a cover of Monkey Wrench by the Foo Fighters. Possibly the most unnecessary waste of studio time I've ever (laughs) bothered to listen to, honestly. Listen to it just for the, I don't know, the surprising why factor that you'll get from from that experience. Check it out. But honestly, good band. What what are you doing, fellas? Yeah. That is anyway. odd. That is odd. I remember seeing um, that, that co- the whole covers thing. I don't really get <laughs> right. bands of that size. I remember seeing um, Manic Street Preachers play at a festival. It was a Belgian festival, mm. and they were on like early on on the main stage, and they just did loads of covers. It was like watching a function band. They did um, they did a cover of Penny Royalty oh, by Nirvana, gosh. and a couple of like really weird sort of just like really mainstream covers. You know, not like sort yeah. of quirky out there covers, just like, you know, mm. it's just weird. You know, it could have been at a wedding. <laughs> you know, it's just weird. <laughs> I really enjoy Machine Head's cover of Message in a Bottle. Have you heard that? No. Well, see, the thing is, I've got a real issue with stinging the police anyway. So, you know, I'll, I'll what's your issue? I'll, I don't like them. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But, uh, <laughs> so I was never too wedded to the original. So, what are you looking forward to for this year? So there's a, well, we've already had a lot of strong albums, but you know it, it promises that we're going to get even more stronger, uh, stronger <laughs> albums as the year goes on. Um, very much looking forward to Fontaine's DC. They've got mm-hmm. their third album coming out. They're throwing albums out like they're going out of fashion, aren't they? <laughs> um, we have well, you've already mentioned Weezer mm-hmm. banging out four albums this year. We've got Jack White <laughs> banging two albums out. Um, Kendrick Lamar is going to be dropping an album this year, which I'm looking forward to, um, and. Also, we have um, Arctic Monkeys and Block Party. So, a couple of the old guard who are going to be releasing stuff later. So, should be should be interesting times, That's I reckon. Cracker lacking. Well, yeah. I uh, I've got myself well excited about the new Backwash album. You know, they're coming out faster than very regularly. <laughs> very regularly. <laughs> also, uh, Miranda Lambert, big country star that I really love, has a new album called Palomino, which is due out at some point. And I can't wait to hear that. Um, and uh, Machine Head, who've already got a mention, have got a new album called Of Kingdom and Crown. <laughs> That'll be good, because I heard a single. they got a new drummer who's... Um, just ridiculous. I mean, they've always had fairly ridiculous drummers, but skills uh, are amazing. So excited about that. Slightly new direction from them. Nice. But, you know, still shouty. Anyway, that's probably it for now. Should we start talking about Yard Act and uh, them, them other lads? There's no time like the present. Let's have it and crack on with our first... <laughs> 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 
Right, um, so my record this week, uh, the record that I chose to kick us off uh, into 2022, is Heavy Steps by Comeback Kid. Then, when I first heard Comeback Kid, I was drawn in by the gnarly bass riff and the beautifully crafted introduction of the eponymous album opener, Heavy Steps, a full frontal assault of hardcore punk with melodies to boot. It seemed like the perfect opening adventure to burst into 2022 with. Released on the 21st of January through Nuclear Blast Records, hardcore it is fast, brutal and a ton of fun. It gets the job done in 11 tracks over 32 minutes. Comeback Kid hail from Canada, Winnipeg, Manitoba to be exact, and 2022 marks their 20th year as a band. Heavy Steps is their seventh album and their second for Nuclear Blast, following as it does from 2017's Outsider. While I haven't listened to any other Comeback Kid material, reviews cite the band's brutal consistency as one of their most appealing features. That said... Heavy Steps has been described as a departure from previous albums by finally nailing the heaviness of their live sound. And it truly is a record that fills the ears impressive for a record written and recorded in lockdown. I hope they can hear the emotion and the realism in the emotion and the desperation in the music and in the vocals, says vocalist Andrew Neufeld. So I'm ready to go, dude. Like, get me out of this COVID hole. I'm like Mike Tyson, ready to go. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Heavy Steps by Comeback Kid is my record this week. And what I want to know from you, Chris, is if you could hear the heavy steps of anyone making a comeback, who would it be? It doesn't have to be a kid. Oh. Well, the one that instantly springs to mind is somebody who's already been spoken about on this pod that ain't going to go down well with you, Michael Jackson. Oh, God. <laughs> you're, you're, you're treading a, a line of, 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 of kind of law and order there, mate. Uh, just, I like the music of Michael Jackson, and I had a ticket to go and watch him, and then he popped his clogs, and I never got to see him. Imagine him moonwalking in clogs. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That, that, would be, that would be a good comeback, kid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Right, good answer. Good answer. Strong answer. So, um, pretty rocking. Pretty hardcore. Very rocking. Very very in your very face. Uh, what do you think of this then? Well, first of all, I have to say, what a great name for a band. I love it. Comeback mm, Kid like is that. a fantastic name for a band. Um, I feel like it could either be my wrestler name or my drinking name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've... you've it's, I tell you what, the hardcore has really had some kind of macho effect on you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you, you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> what's quite interesting that you said in, in your um, your sort of uh, roundup at, at the beginning then um, is how you said that they've nailed that live sound because this, to me, feels like exactly how the band would sound live. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of studio trickery going on. There's the odd vocal effects here and there, but apart from that, it feels like this is a live performance. This is, if you went to watch this um, band play live, this is what it would sound like. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree, and that seems to be something that's come out in interviews as well. They're very 
proud of all the kind of scratching of like the guitar strings and all the kind of like you can hear the chords changing. Nothing's been kind of produced out. It's yeah. funny. I read that they've actually gone back to their the producer who produced their first record. Um, okay, has has produced this one as well. So it's like they've kind of, I guess, been through a bunch of producers. Like I said, I haven't listened to anything else they've done, but they seem kind of proud of this one as as uh, as the one that sounds most like they do. They sound live. Um, which is interesting, interesting when bands do that. We had that uh, last year with the Deftones. The Deftones went oh, back yeah. to one of their first producers, and it was like they got rid of all the tracking that they would do mm. and all you know, all that sort of the tempo mapping and everything else, and went, no, let's just return back to how we used to do it. And I definitely think there's there's something something to that. I think it's something that's you know coming back quite a lot. And uh, for me personally, I I love hearing a song speed up naturally over over the course of a song. Yeah. You know, have that energy to it, um, which obviously you don't get with a click, unless you've programmed it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the, the production on this album is is really, really good. And although it has that live feel, everything sits so nicely. Yeah. I love the clarity between the two guitars. You sort of really hear the intricate de- detail going on, especially in the lead playing. There's quite a lot going on in the lead playing here. Yeah. Um, but nice and subtle in, in the mix. Um, but just just sat perfectly. Mm. Um it starts off with the opening track, Heavy Steps, like you said, mm-hmm. and it is, it's a great opener, but it doesn't let up there, does it, from the album? There's not so much sort of um, light and shade to this album. It's re- it is relentless all yeah. the way through from there. Yeah, and I, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to criticise this album because I do really, really enjoy it. But the fact that there is no let up does just kind of make it a little one-dimensional. It's like it would be nice if there was a bit of a dynamic shift or a pace shift yeah. or anything. I agree, I agree. I think sometimes you need that little bit of let-up. And, and I'll tell you, something that an album that's been in my mind a lot, because I'm still kind of in the honeymoon period of this album, but this has reminded me again of it, is the Turnstile record oh, yeah. from last mm-hmm. year. Because it's it's riff-heavy, like mm-hmm. terms like Turnstile. Think of particularly uh, songs on this album like No East Way, yeah, yeah. Crossed, True to Form, are like proper riffy, like really, really cool. Um, and it does remind me of Turnstile. It, it's just... It's not as good. It's not as good as as Turnstile. Well, Turnstile have all these other influences. Do you remember we we were like, oh my God, there's like a new romantic influence on this track and all of that stuff that was going on. They definitely, that that album felt like a real journey of, of, you know, almost like a concept album because you you kind of navigated these different styles and things like that. It wasn't all like, I can't remember what the opening track was called, but it wasn't all like that. Whereas this is. And there's, there's, yeah. there's something to be said for this. I mean, it definitely has its place. Um, but I think, you know, when, you, when you're looking for variety and you're looking for that kind of all-round musical experience, you don't, you don't quite get yeah. it here. You, you come up here for the, for the brutality and the pace and the energy. No, yeah, yeah. Which is all fine, which is all grand. It's all there in abundance. It is, and it is solid. It's a really, really strong album. But, I mean, I just, I just think, I like the variation. Some of my favourite moments of this album, some of my, my favourite bits to it, is when it does change a little bit and you get a little bit of groove and swagger. So yeah. I'm thinking, like, the verses of uh, Shadow of Doubt, there's a real nice bridge on True to Form, and it has that sort of cockiness, that swagger. I, I'm sort of usually using the song structure terms here because a lot of the songs don't seem to stick to any sort of conventional nah. song structures. Um you know, like the sort of the, the the weird thing about that intro 
um, Heavy Steps song is it's like you're in the chorus and you don't even know it and then all of a sudden you're halfway through the chorus. It's really <laughs> weird how it goes into it. It's very clever. It is clever. The bits where you kind of do identify those little... I don't, not really changes the pace, but those slight differences are the kind of key bits. And one of my favourite tracks, probably probably my favourite track actually, um, that I'll put on the playlist is is Dead on the Fence, which has bells tolling in the in the kind of intro riff, just very yeah. subtly deep in the mix, got a bong, and it has this sort of kind of slightly creepy. Uh, Oh, I don't know what key or anything, but you know, creepy guitar riff over the top. It's yeah. very feels like a kind of Black Sabbath homage that, and it was like, oh, that's quite fun. I quite like that, and and that's a really good good song with a good chorus as well. That dead on the face. They are very good at writing an anthemic gang sing along chorus. Yeah, I mean that whole thing, uh, like the whole live sound as well. And you said like it's got that little the, the, the bells and things mm. going on. I, I, I'm a big fan of. There's a moment in the first track on this album, Heavy Steps, and also there's, there's a, a moment in the Turnstile um, album. I think it's on Holiday, mm. and it's almost like it sounds like a pyro going off or like something going oh, off. Yeah. And it's like you can totally imagine. Mm-hmm. That that you watching a stage show, it, it really conjures that into your mind. It's really, really, uh, really clever how it does that. But yeah, I, I'm I'm down with that dead on the fence because my my favourite songs on the album is actually the track before it, everything relates and dead on the fence. I think it's a lovely brace of tracks there. Just halfway through the album, it just comes in right in the middle. Two really nice tight tracks mm. together. Um, they're cool. I like as well. You touched on the bells. I like in this whole album overall, there is a slight element of cheese, which I quite enjoy. <laughs> um, I'm thinking in particular the vocals on Into the Void. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. It's crossed. Yeah, yeah. But singing Into the Void on, on Crossed. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite funny. That's such a, I don't know, that is quite a cheesy line that you, you hear in a lot of, lot of tracks. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but it's, what does it mean, man? You know, <laughs> it's like I'm staring into the nothingness. Yeah, oh, it's so yeah. bleak. But you know, it's quite fun. Um, a couple of featured artists mm. on this album. So on it, everything relates. Your your track. We've got JJ yeah. Peters. Do you know who JJ Peters is? Don't know who any of these people okay. are. Who are they? So JJ Peters is a vocalist with Australian hardcore punk band Deez Nuts. <laughs> Oh, nice! Yeah. <laughs> um, Catchy name, yeah, in it. Um, but I've um, I, I checked them out. They're a little, they're similar-ish. They're kind of punkier, probably a little bit more. Uh, I don't know, major, <laughs> major chords than uh, than than these guys, right? Um, and right. a little bit rappy as well. He's a little bit rappy, but not that rappy. Um, and then Joe Duplantier is is the vocalist from Gajira. The uh, the French oh metal band. right who you mentioned last year right okay yeah, yeah they had a killer album last year absolutely awesome and he has uh, he did some vocals on Crossed about about an octave below everyone else's because <laughs> he's got quite a high voice I think the the singer from from this band what's his name what's well the, I uh, wasn't sure about the voice to start off oh, with. Oh, well, initially initially struggled with but. Uh, Enjoyed it more as the week went on. Yeah. See, as soon as I kind of placed it around the ACDC area of of vocals, I was like, oh my God, this is basically like, this guy could totally sing Back in Black. Like, this guy's yeah. got that kind of high-pitched voice. He could easily be in like an old school hard rock 
you know, Iron Maiden metal kind of band. But um, yeah, he's doing the hardcore thing. That's cool. And I like hardcore, man. I like it. And I, I'm I'm pleased that I've opened the year with um, with an album like this. I love the drumming across the album. The drumming is just great. It feels like there's no, I don't know, there's an, an opportunity to mess around and do some some big feel is is not passed up on this. They just they just really you know hit every group yeah i think is it i can't remember if it's crossed or true to form i feel like it's crossed but how it starts with a really good riff which kind of sends you on a bit of a bit of a red herring you don't really know where it's going yeah. and then the drums come in and double up on it yeah that's which crossed, is really yeah, yeah it, it's crossed isn't Ooh. it yeah it is crossed yeah yeah that's a fantastic um, track that really really like yeah that. it is good it is good so i mean overall uh would you continue to listen to this album yeah i think so because there's a lot of kind of joy a lot of joy bursting out the speakers when you put it on and you can kind of... I love the, the drops to half-time, that proper classic hardcore thing, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, I'll listen to this. It's good fun and I'd love to see it, you know, should the opportunity arrive. I'm not sure I'd last terribly long in the pit, but that's life these days, isn't it? But um, Certainly is, mate. Especially when you stir it into the void. Well, yeah, indeed. I would be after that. You, you, you can't, you know. Mark my yeah. words. Right then, should we leave that one there? Yeah, great. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. Thanks, good first man. start to the album. That's the year. To the year. Come back, kid. Heavy steps. We're back, mate. We've come back, We're back. kid. <laughs> We've come back. Hey, nice. Uh, I didn't you, plan you, that. You wrote that, didn't you? Hey, hey. Off the cuff. So that was our first album of 2022 as chosen by Andy. And it was Heavy Steps by Comeback Kid. Onto the playlist went Shadow of Doubt, Dead on the Fence. On the- <laughs> Is it Dead on the Fence, wasn't it? <laughs> and if you want to check out the playlist, please search for Adventures in New Music on Spotify or Apple Music. Or go onto our website, adventuresinnewmusic.com, and hit playlist to check out our top picks from every featured album this series on we go on we go so there's only one track on the playlist at a minute so don't don't you know don't get too excited people but um yeah right so in 10 minutes time in 10 minutes time mate it'll be two there's gonna be two so what have we got this this, what what have you got what have you got this week chris So my album for the week is The Overload by Yard Act. I'm battling hard with them. Completely principled. That goes out the door and you're right to the good. Just don't look under it's fine. It's not ten. Hands into empty pockets. A Yard Act are a relatively young band having only formed in September 2019 when bass player Ryan Needham found himself in between houses and as a result moved into singer James Smith's spare bedroom. The pair had known each other for a while, with Smith describing the pair as pub associates. However, Yard Act is the result of the first time they've worked together musically. Both cut their teeth in relative staples of the Leeds music scene. Needham was in the band Menace Beach, with Smith, the lead singer of post-war Glamour Girls, a fact I actually only recently became aware of when I was randomly Googling to see what post-war Glamour Girls were up to these days. I was always a huge fan of that band, and this additional knowledge gave me even more musical fodder 
in which to whet the appetite. And since forming in that spare room, there really has been something of a buzz around Yard Act. Their wonderfully addictive debut single, Fixer Upper, was released in 2020 and enjoyed heavy radio airplay. And that was quickly followed by the Dark Days EP later in the same year. Going from strength to strength, the group signed a deal with Island Records. And that brings us to their debut LP, The Overload. Surely one of the most hotly anticipated debut albums in recent memory. The sound of Yard Act is an interesting one, and one that calls upon many different touch points. Yes, Smith will get many plaudits, and quite rightly, with his witty, delivered social commentary. But the playing on this album is also key. The sound of the bass, drums and guitar at times really reminds me of one of my first musical loves, early Britpop, and in in particular, Blur and Pulp. There is also a nod of post-punk there, something I'm sure Andy won't have failed to notice as my post-punk game 2022 looks as strong as it ever has done. Yeah, too right. But what I find most impressive is that even though the band have signed to a major label, still at its heart, there's a sense of DIY to the way Yard Act are doing things. The week of release, the group set out on an impressive schedule of promo, playing an intensive week of in-store gigs and signings, sometimes up to three or four a day, and even selling the record on car parks out of the boot of their Golden Rover. And the result? An album that only narrowly missed the top spot of the album charts, being kept off the number one spot by years and years. But on its way, The Overload became the fastest-selling debut record of physical sales this century. So, Andy... I offer you my first album of 2022, The Overload by Yard Act. So early into 2022, have we already got ourselves a Yard Act to follow? Or is this destined to end up in the in the local yard sale alongside your unwanted Christmas presents come spring? Well, it's a lovely rundown. That's a very difficult question to answer. It's... Um... I wanted to do some kind of lyrical parody at this point and go, this is an album, a difficult album to pigeonhole and to <laughs> listen to and to make noise about. And this album is an album, the Yard Act album, not to be confused with Tune Yards, that woman with the mad voice. Um, I I honestly thought, like, right, we've done another post-punk year. We've started with another Viagra Boys. We were like, you know, you, you, I need to have a word with Chris and stop all this post-punk. Um, (laughs) but it's not really is it it's like it's like the rapture meets the viagra boys fronted by john cooper clark or something i like how you say that the singer's way with words is probably the kind of the first thing people will notice or whatever because this feels Mm. like a an absolute lyrics album because as funky as it is and as dancey as it is it's um it's like the the bass lines are very kind of groovy. You kind of get in that that yeah in that groove with them. Um, and you're right, the playing's really really great, and it is quite blur. I hadn't really thought of that. I think in particular the guitar. Is, uh, I think you know the, a lot of the guitar work is really sort of it's, again, like we said with the last one. It, it's it sounds like this is a lot of this is what you would hear live. You know, like the, there's there's really a lot of it is just bass, drums, guitar, and vocals. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's not a lot of trickery going on as far as I can see. What apart from all the little vocal, um, 
I don't even know what you'd call them. I guess studio tricks, probably things would be tough to replicate live. But there's it's all these kind of now thens and other little intro interjections and little skits almost. Yeah, I love that bit about the 50p at, uh, at the start. Well, in Land of the Blind. Yeah. You know, if you just lend me that 50 pence piece in your hand and then close your eyes, I'm going to make me and this 50 pence piece disappear. And then he claps. And then whoever he was obviously stood in front of goes, oh! (laughs) (laughs) And and then the song carries on. That proper proper cracks me up every time. And and I've realised actually that they they put that clap and that, oh, at the start of that track as well. At the start, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because they obviously rate it. It is very funny. So I really enjoyed that one. It's um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it, it's it, it's a it's a character album again though. We've, mm. we've said this so many times. It's like all these different characters like sort of pop up. Um, I mean, from from the opening one, you said that you touched upon the old like the second verse of the overload. Overload starts with um, now then, yeah. and uh, you get you get your man coming in giving some words of wisdom to a band about saying how he can get them get them on down down at his local pub he knows fat Andy the landlord and it ends with such a great lyric when it says at the end it just basically just goes on you know play all the covers play all the standards don't do any original stuff don't talk about any politics don't that lead singers like you know he's giving a rundown of, of all this stuff and then at the end of the verse he says show some respect and listen to my advice because if you don't challenge me on anything you'll find I'm actually very nice yeah. <laughs> just I love that what a great because we all know people like that don't oh, yeah. we so sort of like yeah. passag and you know yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's it was that was really quite start, striking about this actually is that <clears throat> there's a sort of literary skill a real deftness of the poetry involved that was, it just nails these characters my my favourite track is Tall Poppies, which is track nine. Oh, well, yeah, we need to talk about that. Uh, which is just a classic tale of like a small town hero who's good at football, good looking, uh, you know, as any, any girl he wants. Never leaves town, never leaves town because yeah. he knows he'll be cut down to size if he does and what's the point in that? And then dies in this small town and, and that's it. It's a real proper tragic comedy of a song. It's very, very, it's, you know, all the observations are so keen. Uh, and so yeah. and so relatable, um, and it's kind of ultimately quite sad, but it, but it's just beautifully done, really really clever. It is, and and this for me really is the centre point of the album. It's it's six minutes twenty long, Tall Poppies, and it is tells it really? the story, doesn't it? Yeah, that it tells by. the story. Yeah, it tells the story of of, of like you say, this guy's. He's a lad. He's good at football. He's well. In fact, Crew Alexandra Scout came to watch him once, and you know, and it just goes into some really <laughs> lovely details. And like you say, it's, it's you know, it's not a particularly remarkable life, but just like a story of this of this guy and and you know the life and death of this of this fella. And I love the way it ends because it's you know a six six minute twenty song, and then it, it, at the end it says a plaque bears his full name on the bench by the water's edge, the dates he came and went, and a quote about life and death from a song he'd never heard because he wasn't too fond of long songs with lots of words. And it's just beautiful. <laughs> it's so nice. It's just I feel like it's such a cheeky little nod to the fact that it's like by far the longest song yeah. on the album. And, you know... He's very self-aware, like, isn't he? Yes, absolutely. The, the song kind of carries on to talk about, like, you know... It does end with this sort of reflection on life. and, and uh, Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes we yes, cry yes, because yes, children yes, are dying across the sea and there is nothing we can do about it while we benefit from the bombs dropped, which we had no part in building. We are sorry. Truly, we are sorry. We are just trying to get by too. It's just, it's really quite profound. And I think yeah. off the back of this kind of this tale, 
It's almost sort of allegorical tale of like just being confined to your own space and all that. You don't really think about the outside world. You don't want to engage with that. And then, and then here we are. We're sort of all all interrelated. And and what's going on overseas? I've had two Guinnesses. I'm probably uh, you know reading way more into this than I was ever capable of doing sober. So I think I'll just uh, leave it. No, I think it. I, but yeah, but you've got like the, the whole like lyrically, it's it's. You know, it touched on a lot of stuff. It touched on a lot of, like, sort of Brexit, capitalism, British culture. Like, what have we become? You know, it's all, all that sort of th- thing. Like, the, the thing in the second track, Dead Horse, when he's talking about, you know, there's a lyric, um, what becomes of the inhabitants of this once unstoppable isle when all of his exports are no longer in style? Are you seriously trying to, trying to kid me that our culture will still just be fine when all that's left is heads? Morris dancing to Sham 69. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like... It's beautifully written, and it's like it's it's very much of the time, isn't it? I feel yeah. it is. Um, yeah, and this guy's a bit of a poet. I like it. Um, I do. I am slightly. I, I do have a slight issue with track two, Dead Horse, uh, and you're not going to like this. But I can't. I can't listen to it without hearing uh, that Robbie Williams song where he does that sort of rap talky stuff. Is it rock DJ? And and it's like. <laughs> Girls getting high and the boys even more so. <laughs> I think I think that's on purpose because I was looking Do on their you? Twitter the other day. No I was looking on their I was looking on their Twitter the other day, funnily enough, and they did a Tim's listening party and he said about track two, they went, This has got a nod to Robbie Williams and no one spotted it yet. Well I've spotted it. Check there me out. Well done. Thanks. Well done. Um but that song, uh, that and Land of the Blind, I think, like talking before about how I think the, the, there's lots of different sounds going on in this album, they sound quite hip hoppy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Land of the Blind actually has a bit of, um, reminds me a little bit, and I don't know why, but it reminds me a little bit of Ghost Town by the specials. It's got that kind of. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, that kind of laggy, uh, slightly, slightly creepy sound to it, but, but. Very cool track, anyway. But I do, um, I do that. I do like that brooding, brooding little track. That one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, like I was saying before about it, it, it'd be too sort of um, <clears throat> too lazy, really, to compare him to sort of like Marky e. Smith uh, or something, well, yeah. the Jarvis mm. type type vibe, which I'm about to. Um, <laughs> which you have inadvertently it, done. <laughs> yes. But it's, I suppose it's that sort of vibe. The, the, the Jarvis thing and the whole pulp thing, mm. I think I'm particularly getting from Poor Another. I think that's the most sort of Brit poppy sounding yeah. track. Mm-hmm. Um, along with um, Quarantine the Sticks, I think is also a bit of a sort of, it sounds like a bit of a Brit poppy one. That actually features um, Billy No Mates on guest vocals. Oh, okay. Um, she sort of guests on the uh, on the chorus, which is which is a real real sort of nice touch. But also there's like the, the, the final track, 100% Endurance, mm-hmm. which... Is an end of party song. It's that sort of you know everyone's coming to at the end of a party, and it's I think it's a real fitting end for the album. It sounds great, but that kind of to me has a feel of "We Become Heroes" by the Streets. It's that same sort yeah. of thing. It's almost yeah. like a you know you're opening your eyes at the end of a party. Yeah. That, I, I don't know. It's that sort of yeah. yeah it's, um, there is a sort of streets thing going on here, and I guess that's possibly a lazy comparison as well because it's talky. It's talky music. Yeah, it's the it's the, it's the non music of Ian Drury and the Blockheads, isn't it? It's like, it's like, yeah, but it's funky like that too. I'll tell you what I like. I really mm. like about this in simplistic terms. What I really like about this is you've got um, Ryan Needham, 
who's formed this band with James Smith. Ryan Needham, 41 years old. James Smith, 31 years old. The other two members of the band, somewhere in between that. They've just signed a major deal with Island Records. Now, that in itself, I just think is quite incredible that a load of guys in the 30s can sort of take on, have a chart battle with years and years to try and get to number one. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. And that just, I mean, as somebody who is 40... It don't know. It does something just really nice. Just sits with me really nicely. And also, I love that you can almost you can plot out where this is going. If you look at their tour that they're doing at the moment, so they've got a huge tour. They're playing a huge tour in February at the moment. They're on tour and they're playing at the White Hotel in Salford. Now they tour again in May and they revisit Manchester and they play Band on the Wall and then they tour again in November and they're playing the Ritz. <laughs> and it's like over the space of a year, you can plot how that band is going and i think i'm right in saying that maybe apart from the ritz they've all sold out so this is a band that's got momentum and that they are absolutely flying with that momentum and best of luck to them you know oh absolutely you know they've they've coined a political viewpoint i can get behind and uh they've pointed out some characters in their songs that i can either get behind or get against and i feel like uh feel like they're on our side so i can understand how people could uh could get behind this and, and and make a movement of it. You actually saw them on this recent record store tour, though, didn't you? I did. So I've bought the record um, because, obviously, it, it was a free in-store gig, but you just had to buy the record. And uh, I went to watch them at Action Records in Preston, the finest record store in the world. <laughs> um, and they were great. I mean, they just they did half a dozen songs. Um, and it was like they sort of did it. They had a drum machine. And it was it was quite slapdash. It was good fun. <laughs> it was, you know, they were dead funny. Like the, the lead singer, the lead singer just came on and went, "What do you want to hear?" <laughs> People <laughs> just shouted out songs that they'd like to hear. Um, and he and he just sort of said, the, the the drummer just sort of like put a beat on, and the singer would go, "Tiny bit faster, tiny bit faster." Yeah, we'll go for that. And then they just they just play through them. But <laughs> the um, in particular, the guitarist was fantastic, oh, really? really, really good. Yeah, really, really good, really, really good. And I think that's when I first sort of thought the whole blur thing yeah, I, yeah. I was getting like the sort of the, the way he plays guitar is like very graham coxon like mm. um and i was just dead impressed with them dude just they, they came across really well the lead singer is dead funny <laughs> you know he just like at one point he just from behind the counter just picked up a a, a paul simon box set and just said be flogging these round back later if anyone's yeah. interested <laughs> and, um yeah and they just just seen, just came across really nice and they're obviously like loving doing that tour yeah like, you know, promoting the album, but at the same time, just found it absolutely ridiculous how, you know, they were sort of <laughs> so anti-capitalism and then there they are flogging themselves to an inch of their life, to, you know, trying to sell their record and get to number one. But it was, it, it, uh, it's in the right spirit. It's just really, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Really cool. Right, what's going on the playlist? It's got to be the Overload, the, the title track, I think. That's cool. going That's going on. I think that is a good sense of what this record is. It's a great opening track. Um, I read the lead singer talking about when he wrote that, he wanted it to almost be like a, you know, like a national anthem, an opening <laughs> of the album, a real statement. Um, and I think they've done it. I think they've done it with that. It's, uh, it's a great track. That's going on the playlist. Um, yeah. Wicked. Great choice. All right, then. Should we leave that there? Yeah. Good start to the year. Nice one. So that was The Overload by Yard Act. Well worth a listen. Right then. Well, we done it. We got through the first one without any 
fist fights or anything. That's good. Just about remembered what we're doing, eh? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We did all right. So, what have we got coming up next week, Christopher? So, coming up next week, the album that I have chosen is <clears throat> "Can't Hate Myself Into a Different Shape" by Brimheim. Nice. And what track have you heard off that one, then? And I have heard the title track, track two. Can't hate. Can't help my. Can't hate myself into a different shape. <laughs> Right, and I have chosen an album called Jump Rope Freaks by Zuka Raderu. And the track I have heard is track one, Machino High. And um, yeah, excited to listen to and talk about those two records. Wicked. Right, what else is there to say, Chris? Are we out? Uh, I think I'm done, mate. I think we're out. Nice one. Just... Just thrilled to be back. It's lovely to be back. It's lovely to be chatting music. Um, feels like it's been five minutes, but it also feels like it's been ages. Uh, and it's just been really enjoyable just to get back on and chat music with me old mucker, Andy. Oh, likewise, me old mucker, Chris. It's been really nice. Really, really, really good fun to be back. So thank you for listening along, guys. Thank you very much. And um, join us again next week, if you like. In no, no pressure. In adventures in music. <laughs> New music. <laughs> that'll do see you next week guys bye